why, why are we trying to, you know, focus our time on all these different investing um, strategies when we should just be doing the one and trying to do it well? And I, that was that was the big sort of catalyst for us to move forward. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we talk with Sunok Koo, founder of HWD Homes and property developer hoping to prove to investors that hard work will always bring back profits in the long run. Koo shares how he came to focus solely on property development as his strategy and how he manages a full-time job while doing property development. Despite working a full-time job in accounting, Ku has found success in part-timing property development by working on dual occupancy sites. So my name is, as I said before, uh, Sunhok Ku. I'm actually an accountant by trade, but I've obviously turned my attention to uh, property development in the last five to seven years. That's what I do at the moment. Excellent. And tell me a little bit more about your property development journey. What kind of properties do you normally develop? If I go back to the start, like we we started off in the obviously in the residential um, property development. And we just looked at sort of uh, dual lock sites and sort of gradually moved on from there. So we've done two on a site. We've actually done one on a site behind an existing property before. Moved on to two, then we've done three, four, and so on. So, but we've, we've sort of kept it in that sort of range of about four units, and that's sort of our niche at the moment. At the moment, with his success in developing on multiple units, Koo has turned to commercial finance and business bank loans just to work in residential areas. Yeah, depending on the lender, normally it was around, yeah, like you said, three or four units. Some might do four or five on the residential, under the residential space, but still like a business loan. So, yeah, depending on the lender, but that's probably about the um, stage where you move up to the business commercial finance. But, yeah, we we just found an easier area, especially in this market at the moment, to get finance. And that's sort of why we stayed within the, the smaller development space. So are you mostly being able to get residential finance or do you still have to move into commercial finance to get those ones for your four, four builds? So when we first started out, we were able to get um, residential finance, especially for the, the one at the back or for the dual locks. But as you do more projects, they all the banks and non-banks and second-tier banks sort of move you along to the business banking se- section anyway. And even when they say you're getting residential rates, they they still make you do business banking applications. So it's so it's like a business banking loan, but you go for the residential area. It's but but as you do more, you're you you inevitably end up in the business banking area. On any given day, Koo balances working at his full time job and managing his property development business with his partner. Fortunately, on the property development side of things, Ku is mainly doing administration work at his own pace. So I still actually work a full-time job at the moment. So I still do my um, my finance or accounting um, work. But on a given day in terms of the property development stuff, we've actually got it set up pretty well. So 
a lot of my work is actually on the phone on the phone or on emails. So it's actually just responding to um, the consultants, making sure the real estate agents are doing their job and and um, following up leads for sales. Um, so to be honest, a lot of it is actually just overseeing administration, more more around project managing, just making sure everything's on time, on budget, and everything's moving along. So it's so I'm, I'm really just on the phone and answering emails, to be honest, unless I'm out out on site, sort of doing some some deal deal appraisals. But even even when we're looking for deals, a lot of that's done in the back office before we go on site to check it. Ku worked in the property industry only on a part-time basis as he found it difficult to get into investment without solid contacts nor experience in information. So it does vary quite a bit depending on um, what stages the properties are at or sorry, the deals are at. Because we've been doing it for a while, at the start, if, if your intention was to still work full-time, it's, it is difficult at the start because obviously you've got to make the contacts, you've got to... Um, get that knowledge where you don't have to be um, chasing things up all the time and you, you've got that sort of relationship with consultants and you can give someone a task and you know it's going to get done. Me and my brother run the business together so we may spend two hours a day each on administration, maybe not even that. That being said, Ku is looking to get into property development full-time in perhaps a year or two. So our intention was always to go full-time in property development but I've had some... I've been fortunate enough to have some very good mentors and um, be part of some good networking groups where we were advised that because um, I know the the I guess the dream for everyone is to go full time into their own business, but we've we've got we've got sort of got a transition plan just to be a bit more conservative, especially with the the way the market is. So that was the advice that um, we were given that probably. It's something that we should look at, but not to jump straight into. But obviously, yeah, depending on each person's circumstances, um, that might change. Can you tell me a little bit more when you say a transition plan? It's, I mean, if you've been doing this for five to six years, you would have been building up a a reasonable business to be able to afford to jump into full time. Um, How long would you say before you actually jump into full time property development? To be honest, with with what we've built up, we could probably so when I say we, it's um, my brother and myself. Um, we could probably do it now, but it's just something that we want to because um, we're still young and still sort of enjoy the the busy lifestyle for now. It's something that we want to look towards in the next t- sort of twelve to eighteen months. Koo grew up in the southern eastern suburbs of Melbourne and engaged in his studies all the way up to postgraduate level. Um, so I grew up in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, so Furniture Gully, if um, if you're familiar with that area, it's around the Knox Knox area. So I went to a public school there, and that all worked out well. So I actually went to primary school in high school in the Knox area, and I and I completed a Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting, um, yeah, after high school. So yeah, got that bachelor's and a CPA qualified. So. A lot of studies. Along with these studies, Ku also worked at a few part-time jobs. So I worked in um, what is now Bunnings, but it used to be McEwen's. I'm not sure if you remember that, but so um, so, so I think Bunnings took McEwen's over probably yeah decades ago. Had part-time jobs at Dick Smith. They got taken over. 
or went bankrupt. Um, so yeah, just did whatever I could do at that time. Despite graduating university with an accounting degree, Ku has since left the field to be able to spend more time in property development. I jumped straight into a um, like a graduate accounting job, so to speak. Um, and yeah, and yeah, just moved into different sort of areas of accounting and finance. And um, since that point, and what I've had to do, and this is probably one of the things I didn't touch on before when I said I worked full time, I actually had to move out of finance and accounting to be able to do my development as well. So the um, so obviously an accounting or finance job is very nine to five, whereas even though I've got a full time role now. But it's very flexible and the reason I sort of left the accounting field even though I still work full-time is to be able to do my property investing and developing as well. He moved on to operational planning in the utilities industry simply because it is more flexible and allows him to pursue property development further. I mean operational planning in the utilities industry and and for me to do that at that time, so I did that probably four years ago. So that was a like a really big sort of milestone for me because obviously I'd studied three years undergrad and three years postgrad to get my CPA and then to to actually give sort of give, well in a in a sense give sort of the finance career up to move into planning where it was more flexible so I can work from home start when I want finish when I want was a was I didn't it wasn't the same it's obviously not the same as quitting your full-time job but it was a big sort of um, move for myself to be able to um, make sure I could uh, pursue sort of the property investing side of it like many developers Ku and his brother started off with renovation having attended a few property investment workshops the brothers were keen to put the theory into practice like, like many developers so we actually started off in renovation. So we were, I don't know how you put it. So we, my brother and myself were avid property networking workshop attendees. So people that go to all these um, events and get that sort of motivational aspect of it. Um, so we used to go to a lot of those workshops where you know, people present and say what you could do, talk about passive income and that. Um, so we're always interested in property investing. But developing itself was sort of something that came maybe four years down the track when we actually sat down and figured out what we really want to do because we had bought property um, before developing, but we were sort of like more of a, you know, not to be disrespectful, but more of a mum, sort of a mum and dad sort of investor where we were just buying a property to renovate without any timelines or budgets or any sort of goals. It was... It was just one of those things where you'd hear in the media that it's that's what anyone should be doing. We should be trying to invest. So we we did that without any sort of clear direction. So so to answer your question, yes, we had bought property before we pursued our developing sort of path. Ku and his brother had always been interested in working on a business together and happened to stumble on property as the perfect opportunity. So my brother and myself were always interested in running our own business. We just didn't know what it was. So we were... So it sounds a bit funny when you when I look back at it now. So we we actually looked at franchises, subways, and you know, grilled franchises, thinking or to become a franchisee, thinking maybe that's the way to go. And then we we bought a few vending machines, thinking that might be the way to go. Then um, 
yeah, just hearing about whether my parents had any influence over the property side of it. They would talk about it like most mum and dads, but not not particularly in developing itself. Yeah. So we, we always had an interest in business. So it sort of led us to um, the property side of it anyway. So, yeah, so there's only so many things you can do, business, shares, property in terms of investing. And we sort of looked at each one of them and, and felt that share trading definitely wasn't for us. And opening a franchise business definitely wasn't for us either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what you mean and, and I've gone yeah. through those phases as well, as well yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. and that's it, a hard thing trying to, trying to figure out what you're good at. The first development project was a valuable experience as Koo recalls it as the most disgusting property he'd ever seen. Um, so, we ended up renovating. Um, so, so, it wasn't a lot. So, we did three ren- renovations. Um, so, the first one we bought was that you know, was the most disgusting property you'd ever, ever seen. It just it needed a full makeover and it was, um, yeah, it was just filth. But tell that, me more. Tell one... me more details. I'm curious now. <laughs> oh, I think it was a uh, it was a guy on benefits who had a few dogs that lived in the house that just um, so it was just urine and feces everywhere, <laughs> and oh it was gosh. Just, okay. That, yeah, that it was just filthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was cheap, so it was, it was a good lesson that after we did our first one, we kind of thought. Mm, this is we're really not good at this <laughs> at this renovation <laughs> renovation thing. So we ended up doing another two, but very small renovation jobs, more more of a um, clean up and a dress up as opposed to war changes and kitchen changes. However, Ku and his brother have since sold all their investment properties. Uh, so we've actually sold everything that we um, that we have bought to date. Um, so that one we bought. So this would have been back in 20, 2000 and, oh, 2007 or something, 2008. But that was 237000 for memory, mm-hmm. which is a deposit for a house these days. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have bought yeah. 10 of those if I, if I had known. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what, yeah, that's what we always say. Um yeah, so you know, when you look at look back at it, it's pretty amazing how the prices have increased. But yeah, that was the first one we bought. But it was a good stepping stone, so we learned a lot from that one. Coming up after the break, we'll delve deeper into Koo's property journey where he shares more on his first development project and what it meant for the rest of his journey. So we made around 90000 off that one. So we were, I mean, we were absolutely stoked that... But, but we weren't we weren't sure if that was the renovation or the market. His beneficial experiences with mentors. Essentially, like we're we're big advocates of uh, having a mentor, especially if you're um, if you're focused and you know actually what you want to do, then you can seek out a mentor sort of in that area of expertise. How he maintains a good relationship with his brother when running a business together. We discuss and debate a lot, but we don't. But it's never anything personal. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Unsure of where and what to buy? 
Many investors in the community have raised these questions frequently. That's why I've created a property sourcing service to help investors like yourself find investment opportunities at wholesale prices to add to your new or existing portfolio. I'm currently accepting expressions of interest. To apply, visit propertyinveststory.com.au. Now back to the show. Koo made a decent sum out of his first development project which led him to question his talents and learn more about the property market. So we made around 90000 off that one. So we were, I mean, we were absolutely stoked. But, but, but we, weren't, we weren't sure if that was the renovation or the market. <laughs> so, so I think when we look back at it, we, we might have got lucky and it might have been the market that went up at that stage because we bought such a uh, crappy property in a uh, okay area. Um, yeah, and we spent maybe... Oh, 50,000-ish on the renovation, 50 to 60,000. Okay, okay. So making 90,000, you would have had to pay tax and, and fees and all that. Is that. Was that gross or net you're referring to? Um, so, that's, so that's gross before tax. Yeah, so, so we, would have, we, we wouldn't have done that one under, from, from memory anyway, under a business or anything. So we would, we would have just bought it under our personal names and not had any GST issues or anything like that. Since then, both him and his brother have taken on many other projects, with a third still in the process of completion. So from when we first started, we've, we've done around 15 projects to date, with um, some of them still ongoing. So not all of them we've actually built, because obviously with the market changing, we normally assess them and, and see whether there's actually any value selling with permits or actually the land itself. So... So of the 15, we'll probably take into completion around two-thirds of those. Okay, that's really good. And during that time, uh, I'm going to probably ask you a story-based kind of thing. During that time, those 15 projects, have you had a, any sort of worst investing or worst development moments um, to be able to share in terms of the story for us? So in terms of financials, the worst one we did was probably our third project. So we broke even on it and it was a project that we bought so, so this is before we took the whole business thing seriously and it was in our early days we sort of just bought one thinking that's good value and ended up being able to build three on it but we held on to it for like we did the project over four years which is just for a three unit site um, probably double the length of time it should take and really something that we didn't to be honest we're quite lucky because we bought it as a um, almost as a test project to see whether we wanted to do developing and didn't lose any money on it, but didn't really make any money on it. And it, yeah, it wasn't something at that time we took seriously. So when I look at look back on it, it was probably quite lucky we didn't lose money on it because we just we just decided to build on it without too many um, numbers or anything like that. Koo believes they were very lucky on their property journey as despite not having much experience, they were able to turn over profits or break even with their first development projects. So this was the third property we bought. So so the third one after the reno. Um, so it was in the suburbs Heidelberg Heights in the north northern suburbs of Melbourne. So it's quite close to the city, probably 11 to 13 k's. So we bought that 
because of that reason, because it's a at that time it was probably a lower economic uh, social economic area, but quite um, close to the city. Um, so we thought there was good value in it, and that was the reason why we bought it. To be honest, if we bought it and sold it, we probably would have made quite a bit of money because of um, how the market changed over time. But but it so happens that we decided to develop without any any knowledge, which 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 is why I say we're probably lucky and not one of the one of the ones that decided to do or get into developing without the proper sort of knowledge and actually lose a lot of money. After their third property, the Koo brothers decided to get serious by joining a property program called Results. Basically off that one, we decided that um, we, we needed to get serious and actually seek out a mentor. <laughs> so so we up to that point, we were sort of a, a, I guess you could call it a part-time investor. We just wanted to be in the market because that was what everyone said we should be doing. Um, so we're actually part of a property program called Results. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Yep, I was part of it as well. Uh, yeah, and it was, Kelly and them. Yep. yeah, yeah, and that, and they were really good in terms of the goal setting and the foundations. But the but what we found with that program was it was a very generalised um, program in terms of you got taught a lot of things. So we, because of that, we tried to do a lot of things, which which is absolutely no fault of the program itself. It was just we didn't we didn't take the time to sit down and actually decide what we wanted to do. So we we said, okay, Renos, we'll try development. We'll try. We actually went to New Zealand and bought eight properties for because we wanted to try. Could even invested in a mentor to start seriously pursuing property development. From that point, we sort of sat down from my brother and myself and said, okay, well, developing is actually what we wanted to do. What we thought we were good at, the project management side of it, we thought we were quite good at looking for deals, which we found good deals. We just didn't know how to execute them. So we actually um, found a mentor um, and you probably you may have heard of him. So we went into a program run by Troy Harris. Yeah, and that's sort of when... We joined that. Troy sort of looked at our portfolio and said, "Guys, you need to get serious and get real. What are you trying to do?" We gave him our goals, and we've had we had Renos developing overseas investing. He just said, um, "You're trying to do too much, and if you've got enough money to try invest in all these areas, then good luck. But if you want to focus on 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 one of the areas, then you're probably going to have much more success." So. That's when we sort of decided to get serious and uh, just pursue uh, developing itself. While hiring a mentor is costly, Koo believes it is worthwhile because of the catered education mentors provide. Essentially, like we're we're big advocates of uh, having a mentor, especially if you're um, if you're focused and you know actually what you want to do, then you can seek out a mentor sort of in that area of expertise. But I think yeah, when when people run run into sort of issues is I think when they um, get a mentor and they're not decided on actually wanting to pursue a particular sort of um, skill set, that's when you can sort of waste a bit of money. But yeah, I think the cost of a mentor and education is, is definitely worthwhile from our point of view anyway. In order for Kuru to move forward on his property journey, he had to choose a particular field he wanted to develop the skill set for. Oh, so it was actually when we joined um, Troy's program when he he asked for sort of what our goals were out of um, 
our investing, I guess, career, and he, and he sort of just put it on us and said, you're, you're, you're trying to do too much and you're, I think you might waste your time trying to, well, joining this program and thinking you can pursue all these three, three sort of investing ventures or three or four, whatever it was at the time. And that's when my brother and myself actually thought, actually, you know, he's probably right. Why, why are we trying to, you know, focus our time on all these different investing um, strategies when we should just be doing the one and trying to do it well? And I, that was that was the big sort of catalyst for us to move forward. Ku and his brother settled on development after learning to love the project management side of it. We were pretty we were pretty confident we were good with the relationship side and getting things done. Um, I mean, I've got a finance background. My brother's my brother's a he actually works in a bank, but he's quite good with the networking and the relationship building. So he was good at finding deals. And one and one of the aspects with developing is trying to get finance. So I sort of had that covered in terms of understanding the numbers and that. And um, and just based off the projects we'd done in the past, it was it was actually the one where we thought if we actually focused on it, we would get the we would get the the best outcome or the financial outcome for us because we did the renos, we made a bit of money, but we thought it's not it's not something we're passionate about or actually interested in in getting our hands dirty and doing. So it was really yeah. So it kind of let yeah it kind of just led to property development in the end. We just sort of we just sort of knew that's what we wanted to do. Not only were the Koo brothers lucky during the experimental stages on the investment journey, they are also lucky to have both a good personal sibling relationship and a good business one as well. That was a big thing. Um, we're we're extremely lucky because we've got a very like we're very close in our normal personal lives as a and. Um, so we were able to, I guess, um, interlink our yeah, complement our <clears throat> that relationship with our business relationship. So we we argue a lot, but we don't. It's nothing personal. So I shouldn't say we argue a lot. We discuss and debate a lot, <laughs> but we don't. But it's never anything personal. So we've actually got a very good relationship. Like I, like when it comes to the areas that I look after, the financing, sort of the administration part of it, he doesn't question me he's got full trust in what i do and vice versa like he looks for deals um he yeah would we just yeah have that trust with each other so inspired by sunok ku's story we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where he shares the significance of timing and buying the best properties Troy harris that really he's the one that taught us how to develop in terms of the process and the yeah, the process, the timing on, on really how to how to get the, the best and highest best use out of a site and um, maximise the financial gains from a project. The challenges of building connections. So trying to get agents to respond and that sort of stuff was, was still challenging. And there was obviously a lot of agents that came, in, came into the market as well, so it made buying deals difficult. So we still have that challenge now. How to capitalise on the success from your first few investment properties. I mean, we knew how to develop. We'd done, you know, a few successful development deals, but we said we, you know, what is the next steps? And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory.
Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening.